This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. remember the big moments in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. episode is specious too. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the waterproof, fearless, bullet-punched, sword-sucking, fear-mastering, and cat-cradling, burning soul of a man, Justin Whitehouse. How's it going? Yeah, it's all right. Bullet-punch. Bullet-punched? I don't know. That sounds I fatal. I saw a little bit of road rage yesterday, Nick. Which one? Oh. I was driving to pick up some food and this guy got out of his, his car at a light and punched the guy's mirror... <laughs> His rear, his side mirror, and broke it, and then fled back to his car. You know why? Mm-hmm. Guy didn't comment on our podcast. The other guy then got out of his car, and then kicked the guy's tire. It didn't quite work as well. It was pretty weird to see. People suck, man. And I said, "Hey, what do you guys think of Army of the Dead?" I yell out my window. That may be the last movie we do on here. Give me a little taste. You you did watch it. It was released this weekend. Didn't go to the theater to see it, I imagine. Like oh, it was to, released last weekend in the theaters, right? I'd like to put it off. That's all I'm saying. Just like to put it off for a long time. <laughs> you didn't you didn't enjoy that movie, huh? I did not. I'm so tired of digital gunshots. Yeah. And I'm tired of the blur effect that people are putting on part like they're on parts of the frame. Mm. Oh yeah, doing yeah. The, the tilt shift a little bit or whatever they're right. calling it nowadays. Damon Alburn, yeah. It really really makes me feel bad as a person i start i'm starting to wish they would uninvent digital cameras <laughs> so it was harder to get movies made and harder to make movies period and yeah. harder to fuck up and harder to fake it you're a snyder fan you, you kind of want to restore the snyder first don't you a little bit i do i would do that mm-hmm. in a heartbeat i would trade every every other dc film for it but my my love only permeates movies that are good because sucker punch is in my least 10 of all time i've seen in a theater I'm not a huge fan of Gahul. Of oh, the Owls of? Legend of the Guardians. There's something else he made that I'm not a big fan. I mean, I, 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 love, I love a lot of his stuff, though. So against, yeah, they, against it, my it, better judgment. It's too bad that Gahul movie didn't do better, so they could have taken that away from him as well. He <laughs> <laughs> could have rested control back. It's like, I'm going to do the Owls my way. There's, a, there's an owl in my backyard. He's, he's chilling. Right now? No, but at night, you know, he, he goes a little wild. He gets vocal. What does he say? Who? I'm assuming it's a he. Do you know what kind of owl, owl it may be? Is it a barn owl? Is it a horned owl? Not sure. I didn't get I never got my peeps on him. My peepers. I'm sorry. <laughs> different. <laughs> or different my peep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
I don't know if I ever saw him. If I'd know, how do you tell? You look at it. Owls all have distinguishing looks. Okay, so you you, you can differentiate owls, huh? Yeah. Oh, Mister Big Pants over here. You know what I'm saying, yeah. Mister Mister Brainy. Well, I mean, I don't want to zoom in too hard, but you live very close to the Chattahoochee Nature Center, and they have do. three different species there, alive and on display. They have a horned owl, I believe. They have a snow owl, and they have a barn owl. Maybe not a snow owl. They have another one. Some sort of. I'm, I'm guessing the snow owls, uh, white. Is that yeah. how you? So if right. you see all white owls, at a snow owl. Yeah, and that's a l. Is that correct? That's how you pronounce it. Spell it. Um. Anyway, there's also a hawk that I think is kind of eyeing my uh my our young dog. <laughs> he dropped a feather last night in our yard. It's like in the insider when they left a bullet in his mailbox. My dog went nuts. He, she did not like it. Is your dog small? Really small? It's she's not that small right now, but she's not big. Is she, an owl, a hawk could pick it up and carry it away. No, because my then my uh, wife saw an owl uh, struggle with a squirrel a couple of weeks ago. Did the squirrel so, get away? No. Oh, but it did struggle with it. It's like me with a big hoagie, you know, just trying to work, find a place to get in there. <laughs> I got a lot of wildlife back there. Wait, is that is that a pickup line or just saying there? You know, we're doing a movie today. I, sometimes I'm thinking, is there one of those back there? Yeah, just creeping, having an alien erection back there. Well, maybe you, know? you should go and stand by your window sill. Oh, and look out! Sometime in the evening, exactly. Yeah. Right, and then Justin, you get Lazard in this. <laughs> uh, let's not beat around the bush. Other, even though the cameras don't in this movie at all it's a movie microscope folks mm. to show where we zoom in watch a film through defeated stomach eyes and caterwaul through the spirits of the straw and undergarment ourselves into a department room and just take it as it comes watching movies with a set of bastard bonkers feet <laughs> see what makes it break share with the likes of you so if we're talking about bad moon we can talk about the scene where michael Perret howls at the moon because he's super limber. Talk about the little moments. You big Michael Perry fan? No. He had a shot. Yeah, He was a star for a couple years. Eddie went, and the Cruisers and Streets of Fire. He went from dreamy to looking like somebody glazed a donut on him. He got old. But he's got that Jim Caviezel, like those those Jim Caviezel weird faces. Like the, the shiny weird corners of the face. He was kind of like next phase Travolta for a minute. Remember, he was like, you know how Travolta started a, as a student and Welcome Back, Cotter? Michael Perry started as a student on The Greatest American Hero. He reminds he was, like, me, he was the cool kid. He reminds me know? of Ken Wall a little bit. Yeah, of course. I think he still works, though. Ken Wall hasn't worked for a long time. And a little Maxwell Caulfield? Maybe a little of that? Why? Just dream boats, you know? Generic yeah. dream boats. Kind of like a like a heartthrob for just a few seconds type of thing, right? So, what's your uh, experience with Species Two, Justin? Well, I mean, I've seen it on cable, just like I saw Species Three on cable, and I was just, you know, I think I probably turned it off. It's just there's not much to, to keep you going through this one, unless you have a podcast where your friends like, let's do Species Two. I think this is probably the first time all the way through. You know, it's, I, the first time I ever got to see the scintillating opening scene in space. That's 12 minutes, a hard watch. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I saw it in the theater, owned the novel. Oh, you, that's recent. For yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it came out in 98, so it was too late for me to really need it for any sorts of self-medication. Mm -hmm. 
you know? So they find an unexpected themselves with an unexpected hit on their hands with the first one. Guaranteed uh, they needed a sequel. The problem was they killed old Syl, the mm. alien hottie in the first one. So what do they do? What what can you do? How do you get how do you return to this? What what's the Oh, they're like you know? the executives were thinking that car. Right, why was this film successful? All right, they had a they had a team of guys, really interesting, diverse character. Eh, nah, nah, screw the team. Fuck the team. We're not gonna have a team. Um well I mean Marg and and uh Madsen were th- thrilled to be there and they were just chewing away to get another opportunity at this. So let's just double down on those two and let's call it a day. Oh, they like tits? Oh, let's give them some lots of tits too. So here's what I'd argue about the first one that why it worked. Natasha Henstridge, um, obviously a beautiful woman, um, but also very charming in that movie. That'll be your secret. <laughs> but very charming in that movie where you kind of, she's obviously the bad guy, but she's got like an innocence about her. You know, she is like confused the whole movie. It's a, it's a fun performance. So they decide, let's sideline her for the sequel one. And then, of course, you know, I was a big fan of Madsen and Helgenberger's relationship, their little flirtatious relationship in the first. I thought maybe they'd be a married couple in this one. No, they're not. They don't even like each other in this one. Nope. Until the end. Ben Kingsley doesn't get a comeback. <laughs> he was floating. Forrest Whitaker doesn't come back. That That was a sigh of relief, actually. Uh, he, he was one of the best actors involved. He's a great actor, but not in that movie. He's shit. And he decided not to take the easy payday, I'd say. He's probably doing, obviously, better things, but this is an easy paycheck for Madsen and Heilgenberger. Madsen, sure. wasn't he notoriously disappointed with Species or, or felt like he was beneath his station to some extent? I imagine, um, but he has to be getting used to movies like this. In fact... This is, this is better than what he's used to. That's what I'm saying. I think... In the long run, if you kind of put all his movies in a bucket, in two buckets. I wish. This is probably one of the higher budgeted films he's been a part of. I do love him in The Getaway. I don't remember him in that. Episode 196. They they did not go the obvious route, which is just do a remake of the first movie. You know, they decided that they couldn't do that. We have integrity, is what they thought. So let's change things up. And unfortunately, they came up with this. I kind of turned a corner with this movie. How? Like when? Today. What part? I, I watched it recently. We'll have to get into it, but I, I watched there's it. There's no way the first half has you. No. And there's no way the second half does. <laughs> directed by Peter Madak, sort of respected director for, back in the day. Well, for, actually, he went on after this to a bunch of TV work. And it's actually pretty, like he did, I think he directed like The Wire, Homicide Life on the Street. Like, I think he did no, some. Yeah, but before this, he had directed that movie. Let him have it with Christopher Eccleston, which was kind of beloved. I don't know that. It's a. I think it's about a guy in death row or something like that. I saw it. I don't remember shit about it. And he's directed a couple other things here and there. But you know, they got Madsen back. They got. Oh, he did the. He did the craze. The know. Killer Twins, and then he did uh, Romeo's Bleeding. <laughs> that was a. That was a beloved movie, actually, too. It was. Yeah, Lena, Lena Olin, and Oldman. Oldman in it. Yeah, I people thought, love that movie. I thought it was super hyped, and then it didn't live up. I think that's what I remembered. I, I met it. Wasn't that movie also kind of an erotic thriller sort of too? kind of a violent erotic thriller uh, to an extent. Mm. You, I don't think the words erotic and Gary Oldman are allowed to be used too close to each other. He was an ugly man for a long time. He's he's he kind of got better as he got older. What are you talking about he was in a, he was a theater actor, right? He had a lot of charisma, he had a lot of stage presence. I mean, he he was kind of a sex symbol by the Gr- time we got to Dracula. Gross. He was gross looking in that too. Gross looking in everything. Got you got you got a monster cast though in this movie. You got Oscar nominees. You got Zunza Cromwell. I'm listening for one name and one name only. Michael T. Williamson. 
You got Morgan and Madsen. You oh. got Peter Boyle. Yep. Justin Lazard. That's not it. Natasha Hinstrich. Nope. Richard Belzer. Belzer does show up as the president <laughs> of the United States. Hard scene to watch. Uh, Miriam Sarah. I'm talking about Sarah Winter, my friend. Yeah, she has a small part in this, right? Yeah. What happens to her? She gets alien pregnant and the baby explodes from her and she dies. I love Sarah Winter. I do too. And I looked at her Instagram because I didn't know who she was in this movie. I didn't either. And so after I watched it, I didn't. Neither did I. I. That's why I was hoping you would yeah. tell me. Oh, she's the she's the husband. The I'm sorry, the wife of Justin Lazard. Doesn't look like her. Yeah. Well, she's this is her first movie, I think. Her first, you know, theatrical. I mean, in first movie, and um, you know, she was in the Sixth Day. What else? She's been twenty four. Twenty four is what I know her from. And um, she posted about this movie at the end end of December. Why? She said that it was her first love scene on film and her first and it helped that the guy was a Calvin Klein model. So I guess that Justin Lazard is a Calvin Klein model. He was a nude model for them. Zoom in Emory graduate. Should have given him some acting lessons along the way. Poor guy stranded in this film. He's also stranded in cinema history because he hasn't been in a film since 2000. He um, wears the biggest blue shirt in this movie. He does wear a fantastic. It's like movie. it's like a blocky shirt. That's like the most memorable thing about this movie is him in that blue shirt, untucked, <laughs> walking around this film. That's not the most uh, memorable thing about this film. All right, so let's get into the plot, my friend. So, you know, as we said, Syl was defeated in the previous film, even though there was a, a sort of a stinger type of thing going on. Well, do you want to recap the first film? Wait, no. People just re-listened to that episode like five or six times. <laughs> One of our best. A crew of astronauts visit Mars and take back some samples, and one of the samples is tainted, affects those astronauts, and it is the same creature of origin that Syl is based upon. It's different. It's not the same. Yeah, very similar. Very I don't similar. think it's the same it alien is. race. It is. is. It? it is. I don't think so. Yeah, it is. 100% it is. I can't zoom that hard, but I don't think it is. 100% is. Do you remember when they're, they're having Giger sex and they look identical? I, that's what threw me off is I don't think they're the same species, but... There are they're different But they do strains. have Giger sex, for sure. Yeah, they're different strains of the same species. They talk okay. about that, yeah, because... They should call it strainies. So that alien starts to have some want some sex and make babies and... <sighs> So yeah, so let's talk about the beginning of this film. They're they're on a mission to Mars, Nick, and there's a three man crew, and uh, they have a branded space shuttle. Uh huh. Which the little little commentary thrown at the beginning of this movie. Let's hear it. Little, little joke. So they show the space shuttle before our main man, the the, the bad guy of this film, um, an astronaut named Patrick mm-hmm. Ross. Yeah. Played by Justin Lazard. The worst. Before he takes a CGI lunar lander <laughs> or Mars, I guess Martian Mars lander, there's a they show the outside of the space shuttle and there's Sprint, Pepsi on it. But there's a couple like, you know, Reebok is on there. <laughs> so they, they threw a little commentary in here. I was like, this movie's gonna be fun. It is. It's not fun. Twelve minutes of space we get. We get twelve minutes before that shit even lands. So then uh, they land he lands on Mars, goes down by himself. Other astronauts just circling Mars. They don't give a shit. Yeah, he he's digging in the dirt. He digs up some alien ghost shit. Who cares? Puts it in a thermos. I think that's what he does. They, then they start to take it home. The problem is the alien gets out of the thermos. Thaws. 
and he and he or she or it slime attacks the astronauts and there's a blackout so the people ground control doesn't know what's going on can't make contact with these stupid astronauts thinks they perished right they come back online they're like no we're fine we just had some technical problems they really don't know what happened right astronauts don't know what happened with that window of time well i think part of the reason they made this movie is because they figured out a way to do really cool liquid moving on the floor effects yeah so because there's a scene with the goo early on and then there's a scene with blood later on yeah and i sort of wonder if that was why they did the movie it's like look we could do this weird trick on the floor yeah the the alien goops out of the thermos and then slides across the floor then does like a little venom move on the astronauts yeah and at and, and at the camera too. Oh yeah, that's what he does at the cam. That does at the camera. So anyway, that's bad. <laughs> that's not good. And then they're coming home. They're coming to Earth. A lot of dodgy effects on this Mars mission too. <laughs> it's so bad. But you know, it. When is this movie? When was it made? Ninety eight. Yeah, I mean, you got to cut a little slack. Species One came before this, and it had good effects. <laughs> they had more practical effects. It didn't have a lot. Of, it did have CGI in it too, though. It there was some bad. great gore in this movie, though. For people that like icky shit, there's some great stuff. Yeah. That's kind of a hallmark of this franchise: is the nudity and 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 the gore. They kept both those from the first one. And winning performances from Michael Madsen and Mark Huggenberger. I guess a charismatic performance from Henstridge. I don't. I think Madsen in particular is phoning it in. He has a little bit of fun. There's a scene in this that's so strange that it must have been ad libbed. Uh, we'll we'll get they kept there. in. We'll get you know there. what I'm talking about, right? We'll get there. Uh, I think I think I know the same scene. Yeah, and then so they're riding back to America on their stupid plane, and they're talking to Richard Belzer as the president, and he's doing a weird Reagan impersonation. He's do like Reagan. doing a Nixon or something. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. It's it, like a half did, Nixon, half. Didn't he used to do Reagan in his act? I think it is was, that what it is? Yeah, and I think that was a very weird thing considering the movie doesn't take place in. You could tell Belzer has no idea why he would be cast as a president. Like you could tell in that scene, he's he's like, oh, all right. He's only in. He's only on like video phone. And you know, Peter Boyle. We didn't mention Peter Boyle, the great Peter Boyle, reprising his performance from the X Files, playing Clyde Bruckman. I wish. Sort of. Bruckman Scream- or Bruckerman? Thanks, Bruckman. Okay. Screaming from the inside of an insane asylum at the TV about warning them i told them not to go i told them oh so hammy i told them not to go there's there's alien gas up there i like i like richard belzer a lot overall career wise detective munch in this except he looks like he fell down the georgetown steps face first always good old belzer have you ever listened to his his, uh stand-up well he used to be on it on all the time on tv all those awful old comedy specials but then he played munch across like a ton of shows i think he was in munch wasn't even on homicide life on the street is that where he started he's in law and order and that it's i think it was only on two shows i think he played munch in a, more than that he crossed over bro you play munch a lot you i he mean played, um, was he on vikings he was in that, that adaptation of moby dick played mm-hmm. captain munch he's homeless by the way now richard bells did you hear about that shit no it's not i'm not kidding oh that's terrible on hard times yeah it's munch housing syndrome Twelve minutes of space. That's what they gave us. And what? I, what? Here's the thing. We're we're criticizing the scene, but obviously the, the detail, the research they put into this scene, the technical stuff they bring in. Three people sitting in a cockpit outside of Mars's atmosphere or whatever, loving loving it, loving that they're by Mars. You know what? I would understand why people believe the moon landing was fake based on some of this footage. Do you see how stiff that American flag was when he planted it? 
So that's incredible. They decide in this movie, guys, they're going to do one better. Neil Armstrong, get out of here with your he did very one recently. small step yeah. for, for man, one giant step for mankind, whatever he says. Giant leap, I think. Leap, that's right. And this one, they have this guy <laughs> say, <laughs> not for one nation, not for one people, not for one creed but for all humankind. That's the line that they give us. What do you think of that? Fine. I found a fault with it. What was that? They made two Creed movies. You know? Yeah. And they're going to make three. But I'm not going to watch that. I like how he says, not for one people, one nation, one Creed, as he's standing beside the American flag. That was weird. Yeah. (laughs) A CGI flag, like you said. It was so stiff. You know, I was it's funny because there's a scene where the ship is heading towards our blue marble that we live on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it reminded me how I, I get off just watching spaceships and stuff in, in real science fiction movies. Right. And it was funny how I didn't have any feelings. This took all the feelings off of me. Can't wait for them to get back to Earth in this one. Um, this movie has the same kind of idea behind it as The Astronaut's Wife. What's that? The Charlie's movie? Yeah, with uh, Johnny Depp. What about, what do you mean the same He's idea? He's in space. He gets, then he, he gets also weirded by an alien and comes back weird with a plan to be weird. We're going to do that one, too. I guess we have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie, by the way, extra ran so this movie could walk. What? Oh, <laughs> OK. Extra does the same thing. They have sex with a woman and then the instant baby that kills the woman. And that's what happens here. <laughs> extra ran so this movie could walk. Spacewalk. We could stop recording right now. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. You're super right. Not available to, for us to do an episode of anytime soon, which makes me Who? extra. Oh, you looked it up? Yeah, so it's a classic. They watched the first film, right? And they said, let's make a sequel. And you're right. They did take away a lot of the stuff that people that, love. That works, yeah. But they got one thing right. Uh, let's demean Natasha Hensridge a shitload. <laughs> How are we introduced to her, her character Eve in this movie? She is wearing... Uh, that's like a what's that movie that Sean Connery was in Zardoz yeah she's wearing like a Zardoz outfit in this like looks like these big seatbelt covering her nude her, her nude barely covering her chest and she's sitting in a chair and her role is because she's not the same alien in the first one she looks like her so in the first one Sill and this one Eve and they're just using Eve to uh, experiment on like a lab rat it's the extraterrestrial vulnerability experiment. Yes. Which, what? And then there's a great line because George Zanita, or however you say his name. Zunza. Zunza. He's angry because he wanted it. Like, so she gets a bunch of welts on her because they blow some hot steam on her. And they disappear. And he's angry that the welts went away. I, I wrote down the line. He says, first he says, take a look at those beautiful welts. That's <laughs> yep. what he says. Yep. And then he's just incensed because they heal. Right. Do you think at any point, you think during those scenes, like you think an actor starts to say, maybe I shouldn't have done acting. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have done this for a living. You know, Ed Asner uh, was supposed to play Peter Boyle's, Peter Boyle's role. Yeah. yeah. And he did. He, dro- he dropped out. I wonder why. Maybe Jules needed him. Because <laughs> we talked about that, right? They're related. Are they? I don't know. I mean, actually, Ed Asner would not have been able to pull it off. Too tall a task. You like Ed Asner? I love Ed Asner, but too tall a task to, to pull that performance off. Well, Lazard, by the way, his performance in this has been compared to Nicholson in The Shining. Is kind of crazy from the get. Like you kind of 
emptied eyed from the get go. Where whereas Nicholson is, you know, is crazy from the minute you see him before he's possessed. Lazard, like he is just hollow the whole time. Like when you first see him, he sucks. Uh, Got them I, dead I, eyes. I like the fact that you this this poor guy, Justin Lazard, is like sitting in his house right now and he just got this wave of like warm emotion ran over him. Someone else in the someone in the galaxy it's not his fault. Said compared his work to Nicholson's in the shiny. Here's the thing. I will say this about him. It is not his fault. They cast him because he's handsome. They're looking for the, the male equivalent of Natasha Hensford. Someone who was unknown at the time, super beautiful. But see, Hensher's can act. This guy, he's having a tough time. First of all, the script is terrible. And they ask him to do the stupid shit. They just ask him to constantly do stupid shit. He's shoving five-year-old boys into a shed. That's one of the things he does regularly in this movie. <laughs> Which is the miracle I don't love this movie more. Brings it in and he and and they're they're clad in um sackcloths. I wrote that down three times. Why do the kids have sackcloths? Because what happens, his character impregnates. He's so hot. These women can't wait. No, 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 Jump no. his bone. He also gets prostitutes. So he, he goes over. It's not that he's hot. I mean, well, he's a famous guy, but it's also mm -hmm. because he's the alien. Remember, the aliens have the ability to get you super wet. Yeah, but he's famous and he's he's you know, he's the ladies are kind of throwing himself themselves at him. And anyway, so he's. Impregnating them as soon as he, he's he finishes, they ex, their bellies explode with alien baby, and then those babies grow up pretty quickly. On the way to the shed, they become five. <laughs> <laughs> and where does he get the the sackcloth? What I'm wondering is they all wearing the same shit. Is he whittling them out of like materials? What's going? That's my favorite <laughs> favorite thing in this movie is that he is robing these kids. At one point in this movie they show him standing in front of like 20 children that he's, that he's produced in the end of matter of days. And I was thinking, do you think those kids keep in touch? Do you think they have like a zoom over COVID they're zooming with each other? The species two crew. Oh yeah. You know, they're still, well, Josh Gad got them together somewhat recently. <laughs> Did Lazar make it? No, he doesn't have internet. Yeah, the kids were like talking about that time on set when they they're like, remember that scene? Remember that time when I was I, I I'll never forget it. I was at the edge of the bed pretending like I was just born, and then there was a spread legged naked dead lady right behind me. It's like, uh, Hollywood took care of me quick. Yeah, they have sackcloths and they hang out in the shed. And I I can only I want to find out what what happens when Justin Lazard's not around. I want I want to go to the shed. This what if that's an actual location? But you think they have a species two tour? And you and I could after COVID finally goes away. What are you guys gonna do? Well, Nick and I are gonna go see the species two shed, right? Where the magic happened. Where the magic happened and continues to happen. And the kid, one of the kids, was de decrying the advent of CGI technology because he's like, "Well, I, unfortunately, they're just gonna CGI every hole in my body, sprouting tentacles and carrying me to the ceiling." <laughs> He's like, do you know, by the way, did you know, I don't know if you know this, let me zoom in. Dale Dye was on set coaching those kids. He had those kids in alien boot camp before this. I did not hear that. Yeah. Uh-huh. He taught them how to wear sackcloth. And, uh, you know, if they broke out in like an allergy, he'd get mad at them. He's like, you know, if they get a, if they get a boil or a welt, man, he was, if that thing didn't fucking whisk away in minutes, he was going to smash them. <laughs> they went to camp for staring dead eyed at the camera. Yeah. Basically, they had to be alive and be able to hold mucus on them. That was all the only requirements of them. They don't look at anything alike. <laughs> well, that makes sense. 
<laughs> How about the rip of baseball, man? That fucking pissed me off. What happened? They make fun of baseball in this movie. Tell me. There's a scene where the 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 nurses are monitoring Eve. Oh yeah, I remember. And she's got a baseball game. She's holding a baseball inexplicably during this scene, which I think is hilarious. And 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 her heart, her her pulse is 20 BPMs or whatever beneath human normal. So the, one of the nurses says that, and the other nurse goes, "Well, it's because she's watching baseball." Nice. Which is a total rip. You're mad. I was super mad, and she's holding that baseball tight, tightest bitch. And then something, she starts to get a little aroused. She does because she can sense when the uh, Justin Lazard alien sexes with women. She, yeah. she feels it in her in she, her, she in her damages, alien skin. She damages the baseball and rolls it away. You know, these astronauts land on Earth, and they're, they're they they they'd been alien touched, but nobody knows. And so they're given this ten day sabbatical on sex, which is very strange. I don't know if that's real. But they are not allowed to fuck. I don't really. Yeah, I don't understand that either. They're, yeah, because you know, I think a mission to Mars take a while to come back from. So they they skip over, they gloss over that. It's like they come back the next day from Mars, and the doc is like, "Yeah, you guys can't." He gives them tests. They take blood, and he says, "You guys can't have sex for ten days." Which how do you say his name from Forrest Gump? From Forrest Gump, Tom Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh. I, I think it see it looks like Michael Letty, but everybody says Michael T. So let's just call him Michael T. Williams. Okay, Michael T. says, and his he's kind of the comic relief in this movie. He says that he he's not going to be able to do it. It's the hard. It's going to be hard for him not to have sex. And f- later, you find out that he hasn't <laughs> had sex for a long time, eleven months. But it's because he was in space for eleven months. No, he said. He, I think they makes reference that he he had a dry spell before he even got to space. He, they kind of shit on his character a little bit in this. Anyway, so what do you think about that birth? Like, so what I was saying is they're not allowed to have sex, and Mr. Lazard breaks the rules at his his reception, meets up with the, a woman and her. She calls so, it her sister. I'm not buying. So it. he he's supposed to, his his dad is played by James Cromwell, who's a senator, and he's introducing his son to give a talk about the space program and the mission to Mars. The son's nowhere to be found. Like, and they they show him his wife is at the table, but his seat is empty. He's making out with a hottie in the back room. And she's like, come to my hotel room after you give your speech. Do you remember? So when he gets there, after his speech, when he gets there, there's two women. Yeah. And the woman said, this is my sister. So you're like, oh, this is a threesome. But that, that's not what happens. What sweet is it? I don't know. Abraham Lincoln. Not the Abraham Lincoln sweet. But he has sex with the first woman. And then the next woman just comes in so he can have sex with her. I just, why would they set up? a threesome and then and, and they're being all like poly each other and then do that not that i'm complaining i don't care it's just weird to me maybe he asked for it he's like i would like to alien impregnate each of you separately if possible <laughs> it's just so stupid I, I think that the the only science fiction part of this movie is that he's able to just instantly go from one to the other after yeah making it count so the woman the the first woman's in the bathroom and she gets nine months pregnant and dies the baby explodes <laughs> from her and then the other woman's in having sex in the aliens tentacles are come it's coming out of everywhere and they get a close up on his face and he's doing an O face at the camera. Yeah. And it sucks. I don't I'm not a fan. I don't like the CGI tentacles, but I do like the birth. You do like that? It's gross and it shoots out. I don't Actually, like it's mean. I don't I don't I don't want that to happen to her, so I don't like it. I think it's great. And that's mm. our first sackcloth baby. Yeah, there's two from that adventure. That kid comes out in mint condition. He's ready. Mm. And then there's a scene where the the original weird doctor gets killed by blood. It's a confusing scene. First of all, he's a big, he's a big like beaker, like a, more than a beaker, like a big bottle. That's a lot of blood, blood from to have taken samples. That's like a, a scary. That's it's like a, gl- a bottle of palm. 
it does look like that. And then it spills into four starts moving. He decides to touch it and then he gets disemboweled by like something from the wall. And it looks like it's a, the old alien from the first one. It turns to face us. Is that because she's dreaming? I don't. That's a confusing scene to me. Still won a Golden Globe. Uh, <laughs> and then at 30 minutes, a fucking huge line of dialogue happens. Right, yeah. right at the 30 minute mark. What? Get Press Lennox. <laughs> it's a good name. Yeah. Preston Lennox. Compress. Yeah, and he is uh, doing a hostage negotiation mm-hmm. in Hungary. It's just a yeah, but it turns out to be a, it's a sales pitch. A sales pitch for his services. Very strange. He gets uh, he's like, I'm not coming back to kill an alien for you guys because they because by this time the government realized there's an alien on the loose that's impregnating women and babies are exploding forth, jumping into sackcloths, <laughs> and um, they need Press Lennox because he's the only person in the world that can take on these aliens. He turns them down for a a minute doing it. Yeah. And then they say, we'll give you a million and he's on board. Yeah. He can be bought. George Zunza with the fake eye with the bad eye for no reason. (laughs) I feel bad for him because I feel like he's trying to like make his character do something interesting and he has nothing to do. So here's what they do. They give him a dead eye with a scar running kind of through it. He wipes his other eye. Mm-hmm. His good eye puts puts little solution into it, and then at one point he's in a helicopter and he's filing his nails. So I guess he decided to give his like my character would have you know would like his nails done, like have a you know but get like manicures or something. No one cares about your character, and then he doesn't even get killed. How does he not die in this? He sucks. He's a jerk. Zuns is a force of nature, man. I love that actor. He's great, but he doesn't die. He it's it's a cardinal rule in these movies that he needs to. He needs to die. He's and died enough. Yeah. Died in basic instinct. Yeah. He, I think he lived in Crimson Tide. Did he? Yeah. Now we got Press being reintroduced to his former flame. Mm-hmm. They go visit Eve and uh, and blow everything away because they sneak, They come into the complex and Eve gets to see men for the first time in person, which is a big deal. She sees Press, who's the specimen. Like He's the pinnacle of manhood. And Marg is like, get away from our alien. She's going to get super hot. She's gonna, yeah. She's gonna get. I don't. Nuts. I don't like her hairstyle in this. I don't. I don't like Eve's hairstyle in this. Mar got. Mar got an upgrade. Remember, I was making fun of her hair. She's got mm-hmm. more, more voluptuous, voluminous hair now. But they gave Eve this weird slick back. I mean, she's still, you know, Natasha Hensbridge. But so what they do is, by the way, Eve, this film could have been so quick. This movie could have been thirty-five minutes. Right. Just press Lennox goes to Google. And just looks for a run on sackcloth sales, but <laughs> we have our we have our our target. Um, and but by the way, but you, we talk about the nudity. There's a lot of nudity in this movie. Um, apparently, there was a lot more, right? And they they trimmed it down. And I guess if you get the DVD, there they they kindly restored the nudity into the on the DVD. So I guess they. This movie had to be a failure, I imagine. So they were looking to pick up some DVD sales that way. It must have been. They only made two two more sequels. But this thing, it's, it's, there's no way this movie made money. It couldn't have, but we didn't zoom. But the third one was also, and the fourth one had to be directed DVD. They were. Sonny yeah. Mabry in the third one. She is. And Hensford shows up for a second, I think. She's in it a little bit. Yeah. This is her franchise, man. They took her, they sidelined her in this one. They start to figure out how, to, they have to put the pieces of this puzzle together to figure out who's the, who's the culprit. Madsen does some rudimentary research and they go visit Peter Boyle. 
And mm-hmm. Peter Boyle is a smart individual. And I don't understand how he knows what he knows, but he knows it because he he nailed it. You know, I'm really glad that he knew that the carbon from the Magellanic ga- galaxy that's 100 million miles away is the only place you can get this life essence. And I like that he knows that it was a billion years ago that they visited Mars. He's fucking super smart. He knows everything. Yeah. He's in an insane, insane asylum for it because there was money to be made on a mission to Mars. They don't listen to him. I love that Jorazunza, whatever, I can't ever say his name. He says, this isn't the X-Files at one point. Yep. What isn't the X-Files about this movie? <laughs> well, it doesn't have the charisma of the X-Files. <laughs> but I'm saying, he, Press is even pulling a scully at some moments in this a little bit. You know, Press? Yeah, it's certainly not. It's not it cannot be Marg. She works with the alien. Marg has got, she's got, she's suspect. Her motivations in this. She says to Eve, I agreed to do this job because you know um eve is annoyed because she gets experimented on like a lab rat and she and she's trapped there and she's got a toxic capsule implanted in her brain if she ever leaves it explodes Mm -hmm. and kills her so by the way remember when she leaves well they take it out of her don't they they don't take it out of her they must oh no she rips the there's some kind of button they must press to do it and she rips it apart okay um uh, anyway, Mark says, hey, I agreed to do this job to protect you. And now I'm going to push, push you through deadly steam for five minutes. <laughs> it's her lab, you know? So you can't call her Scully, even though she kind of looks like Scully a little bit. Yeah, she's more of a mm. Skinner? I don't know. What anyway, about- so they cut, they, they cut to the other, alien, the other members of the crew. So you know that they, they're the astronauts. You know my main man, Justin Lazard, is impregnating women to death. And so then they cut to the female astronaut. He could field two basketball teams with all his proj. <laughs> they cut to the female astronaut, and she's having a night. That she waited her 10 days. She's having a romantic that's, night. She's smooching with her husband in bed. That's Canadian actress Miriam Sear. Yeah, CYR, right? Yeah, like Hector Sear from Lake Placid. And so then she, for some reason, she then, she explodes with baby, even though she's the alien. And then kills her husband in the meantime before press can get there and save the husband, I guess. So that's weird. That's a weird reversal because she also has alien in her. So I don't, I don't really understand that. But you know, I was hoping that the, the male would give birth or something like that. But instead, yeah, weird shit. Ha- that's a weird. Also, what they do. So she dies, and there's a shot of her later where they're doing an autopsy on her, and she could not be more destroyed. And they're cutting into her skull and all this. Like, she's got bloody eyes. Like, there's, it just looks awful. Yeah. And then imagine a closed casket will be coming up. What happens after that, though? Well, then, like, an alien tentacle comes from her mouth and the other random doctor. You got to admit, it's kind of cool the scene where she, her husband gets projected across the room Mm -hmm. and he's being held up by his face. There's a a Mm -hmm. wide angle of her carrying, like, holding his body from across the room through her stomach muscle. When Press and Marg show up in the room. while and she's not loving it. She doesn't understand what's happening. So she's sad that her alien stomach is uh, choking her husband to death. She's disappointed. He's disappointed. Mm-hmm. He, he dies. And Press comes in guns blazing. He like shoots it. He, shoots he the, randomly shoots at something. He, no, he shoots he, the tube. Yeah, he shoots the alien tube. He shoots, he shoots the umbilical. So they, 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 that's not a good date night. Their last. Yeah. Then they cut to Michael T. And he is... Um, 
not at home. He is boarding a ship <laughs> with his con his soon to be conquest. And he's about to do his business in his clothes. Like they cannot wait. They just, he jumps on her and the tux, but then she, it appears that she's in ecstasy, but she's really screaming because there's a bunch of sh- soldiers that barge in. And I think he had, is it, there's a weird penetration moment that they're just dialoguing about. Right. That's it. No, that's not it. Oh, that's it. That's not. And then, yeah, yeah. That must have been the hardest. But he doesn't seem to do. They find, they find out for old Michael T. He doesn't have the alien in him. Because? Because he has, he carries a, he doesn't have the disease, but he carries the possibility to pass on sickle cell anemia to his offspring. Yeah. Carries the trait, I guess. And so the aliens don't want anything to do with them. They couldn't call it siskel cell just to throw a little jab at the critics. By the way, Madison has a doozy of a line before this when he, when they're kind of talking to Peter Boyle and figuring shit out. Yeah. He says they could fuck the human race into extinction. <laughs> it's a line from this movie. Yeah, I mean, Lazar tries. By the way, there are about mm-hmm. 80% of the world out there are fucking the world into extinction right yeah. now. Yeah. So, what, anyway, we talked about the female astronaut. What do you think of her? They had a, they had like mustard yellow sheets in that bedroom. Did you notice that? Not for long. They went with... <laughs> they got a little ketchup on that mustard. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But, yeah, that was some... They had... That was, a, that was a choice. Two out of the three ingredients for hot dogs. Ketchup and mustard. Did you say caught dogs? <laughs> what was the third one? Sour cream? Cream cheese. Cream cheese. <laughs> yeah, I mean? cream cheese. Get out of here. Get out of here with that. So the great thing is Justin Lazard then fucks his wife into death. And she gives Played by Sarah Winter. It blows my mind that that's Sarah Winter because mm-hmm. I didn't realize she was such a naked. So he's a little bit still in control of his of who he is. So he doesn't really know what's happening. He's kind of they kind of suggest that the alien is is kind of taking him over, but then he's he's still partially himself, a la Tom Hardy and Venom, sort of. Except- so when he wakes up to, because he doesn't really want to have sex with his wife, and she decides to get things going. They have, you know, she goes, "I'll I'll, I'll do the work," and um, the next day she she has done the work. <laughs> she is a tattered thing on on the. She is uh, gutted, and there's a <laughs> there's a sack clad boy. He doesn't have corner. the sack. Yet. Oh, he's just he's he's naked, he doesn't have he's it naked as the day is large. <laughs> and so and um he he's upset. He goes to the balcony. This, and he this, blows is, this is the best scene. This is like the, the centerpiece scene in this movie. He decides to shotgun blow his his whole face off and his his head off. So and, Michael, he does. and Michael T has shown up to try to warn him or find out what's going on. Yes. This is so good. Um, his co-workers asked his fellow astronaut right so he shows up and he's like about to say the guy's name and he's sitting on the porch with a shotgun in his mouth pulls the trigger blows his head clean away and then it starts to regenerate right he shoots mm-hmm. his head off and michael t what does michael t do when he does that well i know he jumps the gate but no before that before that when when, uh-huh. he, when he blows his head off what does michael t do i don't know hides behind a tree of course this guy's killing himself i better hide behind a tree well, he gets he doesn't get there in time. He gets there right as his head's being blown off, basically. He that could, stops him in his tracks. Yeah, but he dies he hides behind a tree. I think he does yell his name though. He does. And then he jumps behind a tree. Well, he's got good instincts. He knows that this is gonna CGI back together. He's like he's like, he may try to kill me next. Um forty eight minutes and three seconds, Michael T jumps badly over a gate and hits his head on a branch. <laughs> he jumps over the gate twice in this. I movie. know, but he hits his head on a branch on the way back, and you mm-hmm. see him grab his head as he goes towards the car. It's amazing. 
it's just funny that it's like they left in the film. It's like that's one of these. That's why this film's so famous. They left the whole film in the film. It's like the stormtrooper in his head. People are going to be talking about this for years. So, talk about this centerpiece CGI uh, head putting back together like Humpty Dumpty uh, scene it, in this film. It's it's bad CG, terrible. But what I love about it, this is it's amazing though because he blows his head off. There's still brain on his on his shirt. Right, his head reforms, and it's all the blood and all the grew from his his assassination is still there, but his head reforms and the hair for some reason it all perfectly reforms. But he's all disgusting because he's all all the leftovers from his previous self are still there. Then he yeah. just placidly walks upstairs and says, "All right, let's get you a sackcloth fashion, buddy." So I guess you can assume that whatever. It seems that maybe he did after the after he his head comes back together. He's all business. He's he's all in with the alien. There's no more struggle. There's no more ups. He's not crying to his dad that he feels weird. He's all in. He's he's cruising. He's looking for prostitutes to impregnate. He's still capable he, of faking it though. And he's leaving the trail of bodies and and you know press Lennox and the team are just like hot on his on his tail. They know it's him. They're, they know that they're lukewarm on his trail. They know it's him. They just have to find him. And talk about the scene when he Justin Lazard meets a fan in the grocery store. It's a little bit later. A little bit. I'm gonna jump. I'd like to jump there. That that's okay. Well, first, okay. First, let me say there's a. We got to talk about the wheelchair push. That's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. (laughs) So he goes to all these whores and kills and pregs, and then our heroes show up and they visit the the whore master and his people. Well, this guy's running like a day, like a uh, like a motel. And there's these women are standing outside of the rooms in the motel. Justin Lazar, you know, Patrick, this guy's window shopping, sees someone he likes. And then there's this old guy working like the front register. He doesn't even look at Justin. He just takes his money and he's like, all right, yeah, it's fine. And then they cut to the next scene. The police are there because there's a dead woman in the room. Right. And press is there. And (laughs) and the guy's smarting off. Yeah. He says a joke about come. Right. And then (laughs) medicine. He's in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair, and Madsen, for no reason, pushes him, like pushes him on a little ride towards a car under the crime scene tape. He pushes them, like he pushes them under it, and then the camera cuts before he hits. It's such a strange, hilarious, weird. But then he he's upset. Like the guy's like upset that he's being pushed. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he took him for a ride. You think that was ad libbed? That's not the scene. No, I was no, I'm about saying that. No, you think that was that he pushed them? Yeah. I think it could have been. No, I, I hope that your, your ad lib scene involves um, the word maternity ward, but we'll get there. Um, they've started to use Eve as a homing beacon for Justin Lazard. So they've shot lasers into her head because, of course, she mm-hmm. lasers in her head. All of a sudden, hey, unlock her sex, unlock everything. She can listen to Justin and see through his eyes and all that. It works. And so there's this ridiculous scene where Michael T. Williamson and <laughs> Michael Madsen are on the phone with, with Marg, and she is sharing every little shared vision that Eve is having. Pretty bad. There's a man waking up, walking a small dog, which is huge information. Oh, let me... Let's, well, let's, she does get the street. She gets the street name. And yes, do you find it weird that he told somebody from Reservoir Dogs that it's on Reservoir Hill? I didn't. I didn't notice. I'm not that sure. But they, they, they soon know that this astronaut, this possessed astronaut is at a grocery store. And so they're trying to get to the grocery store at time. They don't, they don't call in the ba- and back up. They don't care. They just got to, they got to loan gun it to this grocery store. So we get to hear Natasha Henstrich, the actress, tell Marge Helgenberger, the actress, aisle one, fruits and vegetables. And then they have to relay this to Mike Madsen. 
as they chase yeah. Justin Lazar, who's found another hottie. Yeah, a and, fan, a super fan. And they are he wants everything about her. And she has a in her cart. The, a cer- the a cereal, the best item. cereal. It, I think it might be better than the total in I- Irishman. Space flakes, <laughs> and he's the cover boy this of this of this month or the season. Space flakes, mm-hmm. genius. And he signs a copy of her cereal box as a just like in the first one. Then he realizes that he that he hears some sirens, so he drags her out of there and tries to rape her on the in the parking lot in the van. But in the meantime, our heroes are trying to get to him on time and. Madsen pushes over and his frantic running pushes over like a, a grocery store, like stock clerk. And he says, the guy, he knocks him over. Then he holds the guy at gunpoint and says, where he says, where, where's the vegetable aisle or something like that <laughs> at gunpoint. <laughs> and I think that had to be an ad. There's a, and then there is this amazing synchronized under the rope move that he and Michael T. Williamson do as they're chasing Justin Lazard. Did you catch this? Mm-mm. It is a bad boys moment. You know, yeah. like it, they're basically, by the way, they are not, not hightailing it. They are slowly taking their time following them. If you watch their they're light, not, a yeah. light jog trying to keep this woman from getting raped to death, but they go under the, there's a scene where they come up and they go under this rope together in perfect synchronicity. And I was like, wow, man, that's just where they spent all the time, all the prep work for this movie. So they, they see this, this van not rocking like this van rocking in the parking lot. And Madsen turns to Michael T and gives him a, Oh, that's my dog. Look <laughs> in there. <laughs> Meanwhile, this alien's raping women basically to death. And he, and my Madsen stops to go. That's my boy. Yep. Yet again, yep. bumping and grinding, yep. you know? And so then they open the door, the back of the van and it's not the alien. It's two teenagers. Right. Yeah, very very surprised that they didn't sneak in a breast shot there. Really off brand for them not to. Eve realizes that Patrick. She says he knows I'm tapping in. He realizes in the middle of trying to unfortunately rape this poor woman, he realizes that there's an alien hottie that's in his head, and that's all he wants now. Super soulmate. So he's like, "Get out of my van." He then kind of gives himself up so he can get close to Eve. Yeah. Says, by the way, pick me in. Yeah. By the way, girl did not get her groceries. She left them there. Yeah. Uh, I was just sad. There's, somebody's got to clean that shit up. Somebody's got to return those things to the shelf. Yeah. And I'd like to think that at some point down the line, somebody's going to accident themselves into getting an autographed copy of Space Flakes. <laughs> but do you remember what Madsen says when he's he's got Justin Lazard at gunpoint? Mm-mm. His catchphrase: "Don't move, spaceman." <laughs> and he's wearing at that point he is ha- he is in his outfit that he's on the rest of the movie until the end well no it's big blocky blue he's shirt. wearing his big blue shirt but no he's he's in there's a scene later on where he and his mate are together and she's fully naked and he's wearing jeans which is so hollywood when him and Sil- uh, him and eve are together yeah, yeah he, he does take his shirt off later he's yeah. shirtless in jeans and she's fully naked it's like yeah we know where our bread's buttered so then here well before that if I'm not mistaken, or is this later? No, this is later. So yeah, so yeah, they take him in. That goes very well. Well, you know, Eve is excited to see him. They get all hungry for each other against the glass because she's trapped in that cage. Watching Dukes of Hazard, by the way. Unbelievable. This is her favorite show. Big payoff to that joke. And then after, so they take, doesn't he, like, he he gets to her. And then what do they do? Does he escape? He, gets, he escapes, He escapes, right? and then Michael T goes up there, and she, she goes to the glass with him, and then that's when they find she's out because he's got yeah. sickle cell. 
gene. Yes, she's not interested in his, even though she's smelling, she likes to smell the testosterone. She's not interested. She likes to smell the testosterone? Yeah, she likes to sense it. Like, she likes to take it in through all her gills and shit. Really? I don't know what she's doing, yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't like the looks of Michael T. Yeah. That's also like X-Files. Remember when that guy wouldn't eat yeah, he Scully? He only eats cancer, right? Wasn't the, mm-hmm. Yeah. Eat a meal from Ghostbusters or from a... Or, or, did he, or did he say, did he try to eat Scully? Why am I not remembering it right? And that's how she found out she had cancer. Oh, yeah. Maybe that is it. Emil from Robocop. That was him. Paul... Yeah, from St. Elsewhere. Not too. Paul Scholes, is it? It's Paul something. Paul. So then we get a really nice father-son moment where Cromwell shows up at the sackcloth ranch to visit his son. Right. And they have a nice moment together. How does it go? They, they do they do hug, but the alien decides to disembowel the father. And actually, disem- not disembowel, but like shoot tentacles through his stomach through and up to his mouth. And through his throat. Scorpions it through his oh, throat. Oh, through his mouth. Yeah, through his throat. Yeah. And then drops Cromwell like a bad habit. And Cromwell's like, babe outacted you like a motherfucker. Um, you don't like him in this movie. I think he's, he's, he's there's this, this is the period. This and Eraser was, this was the James Cromwell I don't need in my life. He's like playing kind of an arrogant senator. There's not much to do here. He's fine. I wish he wasn't in this movie. He's too good of an actor to be in, in this movie. This movie's too, he doesn't, this movie's too good. It, I mean, Kingsley's in the first one. Yeah. So I guess that's how maybe he justified it. Like he's like, oh, and the yeah, funny thing is, Cromwell's in it, and then Peter Boyle's character's name is Cromwell. Huge. I need a new deck. I'll be in Species too. He's in L.A. Confidential. He's in, you know, Babe, the the Babe movies. He's he's great in so many things. And he's in Species too. Guy's got to work. He he don't he doesn't have Donald Moffat's good looks. <laughs> We're getting to the climax here. Syl gets out, drives Jukes of Hazard out of that shit after getting mm-hmm. resurrected. Our our heroes are on the case. Every- well, they first they they decide that they're gonna weapon up and um, oh yeah, and then there's another probably improv line where Madsen points laser sight at Michael T's uh, crotch with a with a gun. Michael T then decides he's gonna forego a gun and just grab a machete and he says, "I'm about to go back to Africa on somebody's ass." Yeah, and there's no way that was written by anybody about a white white person. <laughs> I'm gonna hotel Rwanda the shit out of that. When I see it, I'm going to be like Paul Recessica being it in this shit. This Hester's looks pretty good. She has like a Tom Cruise run. Did you notice that when she's kind of running away? Oh, she's I, in I, the high I arms, believe, the high elbows. Yeah, I noticed. The great thing is these kids are getting ready for cocoon time. You know, they're getting ready to tuck in. So what happens? What happens when the kids, what they, they in a two week period of time, they become adults. They don't become adults. They become cocoons. That's the, that's the hidden time. No, and then they become full man, full men and women out of the cocoon. Right. But first, they got to have tentacles pop their eyes out and come through their mouth and nostrils and penis and all this stuff and drag them to the ceiling through their nose and stuff. Yeah, it comes through every possible hole. Mm-hmm. It's so weird to watch a kid getting summoned to the roof like that. Right, but that's what they're worried about. They're in a race against time because they know that there's an army of hotties coming. And they're going to be impregnating the whole world, right? And, and so they have to, they have to, they have to crush that. And they're armed with our heroes. They're armed with cold guns. What is it? They are. <laughs> they armed with guns that spray sickle cell at the aliens, I think, or something. But it's in, it's frozen because the aliens hate the cold. You know, she's a little cold. Is that what it is? It's like, is it the cold? Yeah. So they're they're killing them with cold. No, it's cold. I guess there might be sickle cell in there. I don't know it. Yeah, there's definitely a sickle cell thing that happens at the end. It's about the weirdest shit. It's ever. so fucked up. Um, <laughs> so the great thing is he's in the he's in the in his 
you know, cabin getting them all primed, right? Yeah, daddy. Yeah, he's getting the sackcloth close to the ceiling. And they're getting <laughs> and they're getting into CGI cocoons hardcore. And then our heroes arrive and they descend upon this, completely ignoring a destroyed James Crom- Cromwell on the ground right next to them. I mean, there's nothing they can do. He obviously is super dead. No, I, I love the idea though that the actor James Cromwell had to come back. It was him. Yeah, it was him. That he, when when Kingsley died, it was just a fake dummy. It wasn't Kingsley. They had to have James Cromwell lie on the ground with a neck hole so Mike Madsen and Mark Helgenberg could walk by him and ignore him. His eyes wide open, by the way. Yeah. Given it his all, given it he method, his Strasbourg technique. He, they said, uh, just emulate the face that you made when you read this. <laughs> and so they they descend on they descend into the sex chamber, um, and and with Michael T and all that, who is saddled with awful like third man he's the, joke. he's the comic relief now he's this genius astronaut but they give him the dopiest lines they make him the butt of every joke and i to, to michael t's credit like he's actually you know he he tries like he tries he's kind of funny he's likable for sure that's the thing he's actually likable sort of um his character is a goofball so there's two lines that follow one another in this scene that are really probably the hardest moments for these actors to perform. Yeah. Madsen, they're walking through these cocoons in this cabin and he, and Madsen goes, welcome to the maternity ward from hell. Yeah. You didn't pause long enough. And he, he, yeah, it's more like welcome to the maternity ward from hell. And do you remember her awful follow-up? Who Marks? Yeah. Oh, so that's supposed to be a big line, right? Yeah, of course. Uh huh. She she gives him an incomplete sentence. So he goes, okay. Welcome to the maternity ward from hell. She goes, Patrick's offspring. <laughs> <laughs> you remembered it wrong. She says, Patrick's offspring from hell <laughs> it was it is so bad it's it's such a they should have muted you know like you watch a movie and you see their mouths are moving but they, they didn't keep the dialogue mm-hmm. they should have done that here well that's the thing that's so funny about this is they were worried about the audience not understanding i guess that that's what was happening so she has to reframe the line well, what else could be happening they told us a billion times what's going right. on right well and i thought it'd been great if they cut back to madison he goes you think so <laughs> Be awesome if he's like, look, it, no, I'm serious. It is a maternity ward. Look, they have, <laughs> they have all the, they got the cloths here, stirrups, um, nipples. I guess the maternity ward, you don't need the stirrups anymore. <laughs> but, oh, maybe they want the kids to say, remember this. Uh, but Patrick's offspring, which it makes Madsen's line look like a Pulitzer winning thing. <laughs> the delivery, though. So I mean, he could have thrown it away. It's pretty bad he, he you know he, he he was gritting his teeth that day that day he was trying to get sick on set like, <laughs> so meanwhile you know some press of course he's a loner he goes off by himself but marg and poor michael tear out there blowing cold smoke from their cold flamethrowers their unflamethrowers yeah. at these alien sacks and there it's working the whatever's in these sacks are, are shriveling up and dying and they're thrilled they're like, oh, this is this is great. We're killing, we're killing this stuff. Yeah. Press then sees a weird wall cocoon 
with figures inside of it and he realizes it is eve and patrick in their alien forms uh, doing it banging yeah hardcore yeah they are there and we get to see well first we see him in jeans and her naked but then they're in this cocoon making it count. So sometimes we're getting to watch like their legs go from human to sill and all this weird stuff is going on and in and crazy weird. And her nipples sprout tentacles again. Like we love. Right. Yeah. Favorite. And they are making it all over each other and uh, they're doing it. Yeah. They're making it. And then, you know, he has to ruin it. He comes in and ruins everything. What's interesting is then Marg comes in and she's obviously got affection for Eve. Meanwhile, Patrick's turned into this mega weird beast. Well, he does that. That's his fighting form. There's two forms that he takes. I read about this. His doing it form and his fighting form. Right. And his, his doing it form is two-legged. Yeah, and he's a quadruped. Mm-hmm. And his fighting form is uh, he's on all fours. Or a quadruped. She, you know, Mark very politely, nothing's working. The cold's not working on this end. She's like, did you not yet? <laughs> and Mark says, she says, Eve, help us. And Eve, to her credit... She does. She's she sprouts some spikes and they go through Patrick, but then they let this movie is so stupid. They let Patrick kill her. By the way, perfect CG when those spikes come through. <laughs> Don't kill Eve. Like that's the thing. So then, well, not only that. Here's what happens. His for right. no reason, his head splits into two heads, and then what looks like a big dick goes down her mouth. It goes down the alien's mouth, and then you're like, okay, well, she's gonna bite it off or some badass like gonna be something cool no she just she just dies and so then he then like he's then he's invincible they don't know what to do except michael madsen thinks quick well actually actually it's michael t thinks quick well well, the thing is though it's very much like in the fly Two. the this this they created this shambling monster that does Mm -hmm. not perform well it it just it's obviously on strings and it obviously can't it just looks dumb it just looks unwieldy and like it can't function. So it's like this weird, really limp, weird thing moving around. It's like watching. Sure. It's like getting chased by Harry Dean Stanton or something. I don't mind it though, because a lot of times I don't think that's CG. Or at least no, it's practical, partial. and I do like that. Yeah. and it's a du- so, weird design. Because I think in the last one, I think the alien fight was CG, and it was pretty bad. Anyway, so Michael T, who's been wounded, basically tells Matt Madsen to use his blood. Madsen then takes a pitchfork. <laughs> This and massacre his, his Michael T's leg and then flings a pitchfork at the alien and it works. The alien starts to disintegrate uh, a la War of the Worlds and every other movie. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, then you get some water on it like the happening and the alien can't take that either. It's like, <laughs> then, and then Peter Coyote. But the um, someone turns the thermostat down, he starts to. I need a. He's like, I need a blanket in his alien language. No one understands. <laughs> he's and uh, yeah, I, I love the idea that they're like, we need to lick this problem. So maybe we should have one of our heroes stick a pitchfork into another hero's leg and throw that pitchfork into a creature. The best is it works. Like that's that's some fast thinking that works. He javelins a pitchfork at the alien. Michael T's will- like, you could have just pricked my finger. That's what I was thinking. You know, maybe just one prong. But really, Madsen really sticks it in. And then the alien says, you could have just coughed in my face and I would have fallen. (laughs) And uh, but this is my my big complaint is that they let Eve die at the hands of Justin Lazard's alien uh, form. And I think that sucks. Like Eve should be the hero here. Does he he choke her with his dick? 
I think he does. It's so stupid. Like, I don't think it's his dick. He's just it's, it's coming. It's coming from his neck. Tentacle. But you never know where still aliens' dick and balls are. And Geiger, you know, it's a, he's a, he's got all sorts of you know openings and protrusions and you know I'm talking about you can you can't keep but I, I need I need to mark that like I need a picture of it and I need to start labeling I just it. need to know why did the head split into two heads for a while and then go back to one head to do work yeah and so then all the business is done in the barn and Mark comes out and this is funny <laughs> she's covered in slime at no point in the movie does she look like she gets slimed on Oh. Or they show her getting slimed on, but outside the barn, she's got lots of slime. Well, all no, over she her re- pants. she rekindles her relationship with Madsen before they come out. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, Mister Blonde. He doesn't have. I don't think he has much slime on him. By, she got every. By slime. the way, he's Mister Blonde. She's mm-hmm. blonde. He missed her. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, he missed. And then, but they they load Michael T into a helicopter with a hot with a lady. Who he's flirting with instantly, and she's into him. Yeah, to an extent, she's just trying to. She's. I think she's just placating him. But they rise into the sky, and we see Mike Madsen and Mark wave goodbye to him. <laughs> this is the end. He, oh, it's not the end. No, it's not the end. But there, there's this shot because in the wide shot, you see the helicopter taking off, and you see them sort of waving, and then they cut mm-hmm. to them really waving hard, hard at him, like waving a lot. And that might have been the hardest scene for him to shoot too. Press Lennox would not wave at somebody. So they cut to, you know, whenever they're realizing that Eve's dead, they kind of do an up and down on her form, her alien legs and all that stuff and her alien genitals. But then all of a sudden they go to her face and she transforms back into. No, they don't go to her face. They got to get her nipples in one more time. Do, do they show her naked? God. Yeah. And so then they, she's back to, you know, beautific Natasha Henstridge and they load her into the ambulance i'm like is she still alive like maybe she's still alive i expected her eyes to open they decide not to do that instead uh there's one of the baby boys still in a sackcloth in the corner of the ambulance and then she starts to her dead form starts to explode with pregnancy but inexplicably there's a cat that kickstarts this whole thing why is the cat in there doesn't make any sense cat jumps on her on her bell notices the sackcloth kid in the top left corner like batman for some reason and then <laughs> but that the, the last one ended with a rat right getting eaten by the child um, yeah or so or at least get they were trying to say that maybe sill survived through a rat or something like she transferred but then she her, her t- the tummy grows covers her, so you can't so see stupid. her face and then it cuts end of movie they you know they kind of they they didn't end the last movie right, and they didn't do right by Hentridge in this. I hope she got paid a lot of money, though. I hope so, too. She's all over the cover. You know, she's in the... Her whole... Um, her face is really the advertising for this film. And so... But she certainly gets sidelined in it. It's not her... It's not really her movie. Well, at least they don't make her get naked. Oh, wait. A whole bunch. Never mind. There is so much nakedness in this movie. You even see his little treat at one point. You do. I didn't notice. I look for that kind of thing. Henstridge, like, she went on to just, like, an okay career. Not bad, but she never really showed up in anything that big budgeted after this. She was in, like, the, the whole 10 yards or something, right? That franchise. That's what started. That's kind of what, wasn't that what got her started? Or no, there was somebody else that got started in that that was naked. The, uh, no, she's great, Amanda too. Pete. Amanda Pete. Amanda yeah. Pete, yeah. 
and she's good in those movies, but so is Hentridge. It's it's just that I guess like she's starting a couple like Van Damme movies or at least one. Maximum, right? Maximum Risk. Risk. Yeah. Um, she's I, she's had a decent career. You know, she I think was, she's more talented than than people give her credit for. I wish she was in more shit. Yeah. Um. You know, she's good in this movie. It's just that they don't do they don't give her anything really to do. Like she's again, like she's like kind of innocent and she's um sympathetic, but it's just you know, they spend a lot more time with the other alien who who sucks. Right. So But at least they got space flakes in there. Space flakes is pretty worth it. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a misogynist gross movie, but I kind of like it still. <laughs> it's weird as hell. Gory. I imagine the third one. It's mean. the third one. It's mean. I bet the third one would be fun to watch just because it's so low budgeted. It's got a new, you know, Hestridge is just in it. Like we'll do it eventually. Barely, I think. But I, it's got to be like. There, I think it's set in a house. There's, a, <laughs> there's a fourth you one know. too, isn't there? I think that guy that that guy that's gr- gross and weird is in it. Oh, the guy that. They should have got me too. Yeah. And didn't like he, they tried to, cause he's like an abuser and, but he, what is that guy's name? He sucks. Robert Nepper. Nepper. Yeah. I think he still works. Species four. The awakening hmm. features Ben cross. RIP. What? That's Ben cross died recently, right? Pretty recently. Did, um, Hentra, she did not show up in the fourth one. Did she? No. That's a big I'm surprised mistake. she didn't show up in archive footage. That's the kind of thing that the, the makers of this film would do in a heartbeat. Right. Um, but she is in Species 3. Yeah, but I think it's a bit part. She's probably full full frontal, but she's a center for a few seconds. <laughs> they actually have a just like spy cam vid- video of her getting out of the shower. <laughs> who's the star of that? The Sonny Mabry and who's who's the, is there a dude in that one? Is it Nepper? Yeah. Okay. And somebody named Robin Dunn. This movie made me mad last night. First of all, you cannot. I thought it was streaming, so I had to rent it for three ninety nine, which that made me mad. But then there's like movies I want to watch. Like I, there's, I, I told you there's that. I watched that movie Burning Bright, which is on Amazon. That's a good one to watch. It's very low budgeted, but it's 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 fun. Um, but I just was in the mood to watch something good, and instead, <laughs> watches Species three or two. And immediately it sucks, <laughs> you know? So I had to finish it up this morning. I get it. Like, you know, kind of like a project that you leave undone. And uh, I was, I was cursing your name a little bit. Cause I know how much you love this movie. I don't love it. It's probably, is it, would you consider it one of your favorites? Now, now that I hear this from you, <laughs> that's how it was with army of the dead. Like over three days, I had to watch pieces of it. Just get it out. Is it that bad? I, I heard good things about it. I do not it. like it at all. At all. Anybody, anybody stand out? Nope. Even Batista? It's, he sucks. Does he really? I mean, he's one dimensional. They try, you know, he tries to act a little bit. I, I don't. I, he's good. He's good in like everything so far, I think. I'm sure he's a great guy, but I don't like it. I don't like anything about the movie at all. Henstridge? She in that? I wish. Yeah. Look, how, was, how were the gore? How was the gore, zombie effects, all that stuff? It's all CGI bullet hits. There was some good gore, there was some gory shit. People exploding, all that. It just felt. What about the guy they keep showing the Swedish guy or something in the trailer? Uh, Is he funny? He's fine. He's got a little bond with another character who reminds me of Michael Jai White a lot. Um, But it's just, it just, it just felt so video and and so there's nothing in it that's new and interesting. They try to create this these super zombies or whatever, and they don't really 
Oh, and I get so tired of things that like they show up. This is something that's such a big problem with horror movies, but where a, a creature or a zombie or whatever looks like, wait, like it's like a moment and then it shrieks and it's supposed to make you scared. I don't know. It got so old. Did you see that Snyder wrote a sequel to 300 yeah. during quarantine right. and the studio was like, no, thanks. That's man. Those fucking tentacles and those weird gelatinous pipes that the sill creatures have, and all the weird wet things mm -hmm. you like wander through them and shit. And it's like, oh no, but this is not alien fucking hangout. It's a tattoo parlor. Oh my god. Yeah, creepy ass misogynist titty lover looks up from his needle, which is attached to an umbilical, which goes right into that ball plate of this giant alien guy. He's like, what do you want? What do you want from Species 2 on your purse? Are you suggesting he's an alien tattoo artist that's inking you from his alien blood? Yeah, it's, it's, kind, Is that what's it's happening? got like a, a giant dick, like a, a peepee, a veiny, a, veiny, yeah. a veiny weird plexiglass, clear weird bulby knobby with a needle that he's carving into your, into your souls and shit. What do you think? What happened to H. Geiger? What do you think happened to him growing up? That made them all into uh, aliens with huge breasts and lots of weird vulvas and dicks. Yeah, but I wonder how he got there. Probably just you know he's what is he Sweden Swedish? Yeah, he probably somebody so. probably denied him a a, a a candy treat on his way home from school or something. You know, you go that you like go to your grandmother's house and she denies you a candy treat. Mm -hmm. He's like fuck this. <laughs> you know, I want to make some weird. I'm gonna get in super nuts. What tattoo would I get from this movie? Yeah. Ooh, I'd keep it small, Nick, for sure. <laughs> I've got tentacles coming over my shoulders towards my breasts. <laughs> Tatted on there, and they're yeah. and they're intertwining and they form a heart. Controversial take. And in the middle of the heart is it's got it's got even then a greater than sign and then sill on the other side. <laughs> a little math. This is great. He was better. That's the, you that's think? A, no, that's a controversial tattoo I'm getting. Tentacle, yeah, you wanna, tentacles well, you wanna, coming over my shoulder, intertwining, yeah. then forming a perfect heart in the middle of the heart. Sure. Eve's way better than Syl. I'm doing a heart, too. Okay. On mine. I'm going to just get a heart, and then I'm going to... Well, he was in Star Wars, but whatever. And uh, in the middle, it's going to be Michael T's face, and then the, the helicopter nurse and the hearts smiling at each other. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, uh, little, uh, one of those little scroll like type things it says happy, happy ever after like that they're suggesting that they're together and then these alien hands like reaching out <laughs> to the heart but this is this is in a way to give them like the ever loving hands of christ to give them the but the alien blessing to this couple right. that's the love story since Morgan press so he goes the, let me down yeah, they, i'm following that love story they go they get they get married and he goes to get his wedding certificate and he goes to get his blood test and he, the doctor's like hold on a second doctor comes out with a pitchfork <laughs> <laughs> look i mean mm -hmm. you've been inserted into the running time of species too you get to be a part That's of this madness I'm what shape sad. does your performance take i'd be the fourth astronaut that also was in part of the blackout he was just he was in the bathroom Right before takeoff, I was I was doing my business, and then I can't remember seventeen minutes either. And then you know, once everything starts to go to pot, they they drag me and Michael T. I'm just I'm I'm the one not having. I'm at home reading Mad Magazine, and they drag me, they handcuff me, and pull me into the clinic. I'm not. I'm alone. I'm in no danger to anybody. Mm -hmm. Like I don't. 
you know, and so then they drag me and they do the blood tests. I'm sitting in the next room and I hear the Michael, Michael T like, yeah, the alien, the reason you're perfect. You got no alien in you. It's because you have this, this genetic defect. You're, you're prone to this disease. The alien didn't want anything to do with you. And they come over to me and they're like, you're fine too. Like, Oh no. I have, what's, what's the problem? What defect do I have? They're like, no, you're fine actually. And I just found the alien just didn't want me. <laughs> and I'm like, are you sure? So then the rest of the movie, I'm trying to chase after them, trying to get the alien to swipe. Right. Give me, give me attention. Not interested. Okay, so I've got a public access TV station doing the real God's work out there. And I am very, very, I have a very uh, nervous look on my face. Super nervous, worried, worried for us all. Oh, of course. And so I've got a countdown as uh, the Justin Lazard character, Ross, is going around grating it out with these girls. I've got a, I'm just keeping track of the hot women in the world. I'm crossing them off as he goes. I'm like, oh, there's only this many left now. Then he gets another one. I'm like, oh, God, we just lost another one. You know, I'm like Tucker Max and the shit out of this. I am just like, oh, my God, we just lost another beauty. I'm getting fucking furious because, you know, you know, those guys, they think that the only reason those women aren't with them is because they haven't had the chance. You know, mm-hmm. these, these kind of guys, it's like, oh, well, if we were in the same room, we'd be together. He, that's the way he is. He's like, oh, this is one less of my conquest. It's getting taken away. And he counts down like a, a, a lot in this movie. There's how many sackcloths yeah. are there? There are like 14, 15 of them. I mean, I go higher. Okay. I, I'm like sweating it, wiping my brows. Like, oh my God, there's so many less hot women in the world. And then they pull back and see my house, boxes of fucking space chips or whatever those things are called. <laughs> Space cereal, yeah. yeah, space flakes. Yeah, I got like a dirty sock, I just gross house, you know, gross everything. Yeah, fuck it. I think I pulled the fast one on him. Everybody thought I was super cool. <laughs> I think these would be both good additions to this movie. <laughs> super smashing it whenever the camera is not running. Oh, yeah, for sure. God, I wish a tentacle would come out. Look, tell me about it, but that's my character feels the same way. <laughs> Money is. Past waivers and is in your account. It's loaded in. You've been given the yeah. ability to do your own uh, business related to the Species 2 movie. Oh, I got it. All right. Earth flakes. <laughs> All right. And so it would be a little fun. We'd have a little fun. You know, Space Flakes, obviously, they put those out. I don't know if you guys remember that, but that was a limited edition. You could get those off the shelves for Species 2. You could get Space Flakes. And just Wheaties, really. But Right. But I would do um, Earth Flakes, and I would just have Michael Madsen, and it'd be an assortment of the human characters: mm-hmm. uh, Zunza, Helgenberger, and then if, I'd even put Eve on there. She's half human, right? Right, or some some human, right? Yeah, I don't know. Sarah Winter could be on there. Who else could we throw on there? Crom, one of the huh? Cromwell, yeah. <laughs> Earth Flakes, it's great. And then if you hold it to the light, like the weird light. Like, you know, if you kind of do, what do they call that? Lentacular? I don't know what those Lenticular? things are. Every single one of them turns into one of the sackcloth kids. <laughs> and the name changes to sackflake. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on the front of the box? What do you mean? Who's on the front of the box? Who's your spokesperson? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, that there would be all the actors oh, okay, for Earthlings. Okay, okay. You shift them a certain way, it would turn into the kids. Okay, yeah. I like it. You can also do like a Flintstones vitamin things. With the characters from this movie. Yeah. You know, species two vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> they have a numbing agent in there. 
I wish they'd do vitamins for this movie. And that's the thing too, is I, for my space flakes, it would be great. I would, or for the earth flakes, it would, it would come with, uh, instead of, I suggest instead of milk, I'd, you could pour goo into it. <laughs> <laughs> instead of milk, it would come with this, this edible goo mm-hmm. that you pour into the earth flakes. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. And it had no taste. <laughs> just, <laughs> just be plain goo. They said it's a, they were able to approximate watching the movie in a bowl. <laughs> um, so I uh, have started an, an enti- a 300 store fast food chain called, oh, yeah. called Species Burgers. This <laughs> rolls off the tongue. Yeah. The motif is very yellow and blue. Very yellow. It's like those sheets. Yellow, yellow chairs, yellow tables, you know. Mm-hmm. And we just, they, overnight almost, these things pop out. You know, they're all over sure. the countryside. And it's they're delicious, great burgers. They're all named like you know how Moe's would have quotes from Chevy Chase movies and shit like that in there. Mm-hmm. You know this has and Seinfeld and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and um, so this will have that. You know, like the 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 uh, the fries are called Nip Tents. You know, you know, and they have the burgers or you know they have they call it the Split Face Burger and then the uh, Zuns of Rap. You know, shit like that. <laughs> Yeah, the Madsen, yeah. the Madsen cake. Yeah, it's funny. I just remembered that's the he does rap over the, the credits of this movie. Zanza. The Marge Hambenberger. <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that. And then the fun. Every there's one unique feature in every location. The back corner booth uh-huh. has a blue seatbelt, and, and then on the sign it says "Reserved for Eve." A bl- oh, that's like nice. a blue crisscross seatbelt. Yeah, the kids could come in there and put that seatbelt on yeah. and just have fun. So look, it's really I, I, yeah, like a three-year-old kid sitting there is like, this is this is cool. What is this based on? And they show her a naked <laughs> shot of of an autographed naked shot of Natasha Hensers. They pull that out from the back and her in her blue tit belt. And like, oh, this mm. oh, this is perfect. This is I'm gonna grow up perfectly normal. Maybe we could get some of your goo in there too as a dipping sauce. It's like a <laughs> tasteless. It's like um it's like um, it's like a Fuddruckers, sort yeah. of. Is that what you're envisioning? Same kind of feel, sure. Uh, and like you know, Fuddruckers has all that memorabilia on the wall, and you could just have shots of all the the dead, exploded women from the yeah, movies, like the hollowed out sex walls. husks, yeah, mm-hmm. like or that. And then and Cromwell, and then he would be like the yeah, yeah. Actually, he is he would be dead and looking up at their creed. They'd have a sign of their creed, the restaurant's mm-hmm. creed, and you'd have Cromwell's dead eyes looking up at it. So. You'd follow his eyes. Oh, and then you learn about the restaurant's mission statement. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. I said, and then every Christmas, they have a special entree, the Michael T-Bone steak. And every time you open one, you can get Lazard, Lazard in there cutting the tentacle, the big <laughs> thing of scissors. Yes. You know? Yeah. Grand opening. Yeah. Drag his sorry ass out. And, and then open another one of the species two themed. I took my son to Chili somewhere recently and they have a, they do everything with, they have like a little like iPad or whatever that's, they do. Sure. Yeah. I've been there. Mm-hmm. They have, yeah. So you pay, you, can, table, you can have right? games on yeah. there and all that. You can watch the sports, or whatever. Maybe they have a loop of him blowing his head off on <laughs> and regenerating. Oh, my appetite's great. All right. So look, did you, did you eat during this movie? Yeah. Did you snack during uh-huh. it? I couldn't. I did. What'd you eat? I had uh, what did I? I had uh, tuna poke. <laughs> Perfect. 
<laughs> picking little pieces of red into my, putting them in my maw. I bet you're part of a select few individuals that ate poke during Species 2 right. while watching it. Right. I bet that's an exclusive club. Yeah. It's not easy to maneuver chopsticks when, you, when you're constantly getting bombarded with breasts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd say most people probably chewed popcorn during this one, but yeah, you went in there with the poke. Yeah, I went fancy pan. Um, yeah, of course. You've been given the financing to do your own sequel to Species 2. What would you do? I mean, this, there's so many possibilities. I think Whitley Stryber saw this movie. Just always, every time I see an alien movie, I always think of him. Coming up, you know, coming up with his next racket. Taking notes. Yeah. They really are, fo- the aliens really were focused on him. They need to get him into space a lot, Whitley. Why the- How must it have damaged his ego? What do you mean? When he saw they cast Christopher Walken to play him. Walken's amazing. I know, but he looks like a, a sh- like a fucking crazen walking around. <laughs> I mean, Whitley, I don't remember looking at the back of his book and staring at a beautiful author shot. Is he a handsome man? He must have been. The aliens wanted to screw, right? The aliens kept bringing him aboard. They kept pulling him up and testing him and, I guess, talking to him, touching him. Never mind. I think I think Christopher Walken might have been offended. Never mind. I apologize <laughs> to the. I, I apologize to Christopher Walken. Whitley Stryber's a piece of shit. You would be, too, if you got constantly kidnapped into space. Mm-hmm. That's just, I mean, works in life, stressful enough. Aliens also targeting you? I forgot he wrote Wolfen. Yeah, we talked about it. Also based on a true story that he had. (laughs) Write what you know, Whitley. By the way, Wikipedia deadpan calls Communion his first nonfiction book. I didn't know a static webpage could perform deadpan humor, but it pulled it off. <laughs> so what's your sequel? What, yeah. what I would do is I would have, I would go all across the country. Cause I, I mean, I only need 50 million to make this movie, go across the country. And I would do all these casting calls and stuff like that, get video uh, and really just kind of put together the perfect team. And then never, they'd never get a call back. Not a single one. Cause I have an ironclad waiver I put in there. Uh, and I just got, I captured all this footage of them naked, just spliced it together, ran that shit out there. It's just a th- three hour epic of right. women not realizing they're naked on, on camera. You know, chef's kiss to the sky. Uh, special thanks to H.R. Giger, who demanded the negative of this for his own use. It's just the most exploitive, perfect space movie you can imagine. My vision, yeah. man. Sounds problematic. <laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> I'm just trying to think where you can go from this this movie. I'd make mine would be like I'd just go so low budget. I'd, keep, I'd make it an indie stunner. Yeah, and do a like a coming of age movie um, about the kid in the, in the ambulance at the end. Yeah, right. That's a quick movie. <laughs> it's two weeks long. It's his period before he sacks out, <laughs> and so he's he's um, little boy lost in the world. Yeah. You know, and he's he's trying to make a go of it, you know, trying to get all he could, he can do mm-hmm. before he becomes a sex alien. <laughs> and so it's, it's about that two week window where he befriends some townies. They go to they don't speak these little guys. This guy, of course, he does. Okay. He does. He learns the language. OK. And he's cool. Yeah. You know, he starts to kind of he starts to be cool. Everybody starts to regard him as like a cool loner. Yeah. Like a six-year-old, but he's 
he's, he's something about him. Right. You know, he's not talking a lot, and that just makes people insecure around him. Yeah. And then he aliens out, becomes a sex alien. <laughs> but it's just that, you know, sweet slice of life, the kind of that two weeks in the summer you fall in love for the first time, or, well, he doesn't, he's too young, so he doesn't fall in love for the first time. He, um, he learns to skip a rock for the first time or something like yeah. that. What's something you do when you're six? Uh, you know, he I sprout tentacles and rise to the ceiling. He does that at the uh, end. Um, uh, maybe he goes nuts. He goes nuts for like a, some kind of He-Man action figure that he really wants. Can I, yeah, can, like can I suggest the movie poster? What? Like a really nice Drew Struzan doing his own Norman Rockwell kind of thing. And it's that little sackcloth kid standing there like looking at all shucks, his head, head tilted. Maybe he's got a little fishing pole in his hand. And behind yeah. him, a cocoon. And this, and in front of the cocoon is a sign that says, under contract. What Did you see that? I sent you that text of Struzan's tweet about Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls. I, I mean, it was just, what's an, it's an anniversary of it. 13 years or something. And he, he likes to celebrate. And I just I sent you a text that says, Struzan tripping. Like that anybody's celebrating that fucking movie. <laughs> I guess he's celebrating because he did do the poster. Did he die? No, he's out there. He's tweeting. He just tweeted about that. Did he die between that tweet and now? Of embarrassment after that tweet. <laughs> did he die? <laughs> you think he would render Sackboy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry. I thought you were talking about something else. That's what, that's what I call it. That's what I call it when I. <laughs> Can you imagine him, imagine him stressing out of the deadline over doing the artwork for Species 2? Yeah. I gotta do my work, my strews and magic on this piece of shit. Look, the movie's ended, the credits have rolled, but lo and behold, there's a stinger at the end of Species Two. Oh my God, yeah. So that kitten is in the is in the ambulance with the, the Sills newborn burst and this sack kid. Hmm. Three of those guys are in this room together in this in this rolling room. Cat fucking turns over, eats that fucking sackcloth kid. Looks over, eats the fucking newborn. Eve child takes takes a hike out of there, goes out, shits them out, shits, takes a big cat shit, buries them in the fucking sand litter. Okay. Hops on a hops on a spacecraft, goes to Mars and fucks Mars up. Right? Knocks the flag over. Fuck this. Fuck you guys. I got you. Gets back on his spaceship, rides home, goes, goes out, goes to bed, solves it. So you the, he would become any and he's an alien against yeah, the cat, no, or he's just a cat. Kicks ass. He saw he solves the whole thing. He just he just takes that cliffhanger ending and ends yeah, it. Yeah, cat wins. And he kills he kills anything else at Mars. Like he goes and he get, takes a spaceship to Mars. Yeah, he hops on a fucking ship. This is an incredible movie, actually. Kicks Mars is the fucking deleted fucking extended scene or credit scene. This should be your sequel. Cat kicks Mars's ass. Why is this not your? He's sequel? like this is like a giant litter box. Fuck you. I in fact this is a good idea for a show. A cat that like. Takes care of um, the aliens start to come and start to take care of business, and he's like, you know Cleans what? Up the mess, man. I'm done. Solve it. In fact, I'm going to source Mars and solving, it, and then going to the megalonic galaxy where it all That's started. Right. Wherever oh. they stay, <laughs> I'm gonna kick ass there too. He's like, hope you guys haven't been fucking around for a billion years because here I is does a sweet ass meow and works them out. I would just they just they they slowly enter the hospital the the room like a hospital. And they get all the women that have were impregnated by this fucking ridiculous alien and had their stomach shattered. They're all stitched up and fine. The doctor's in there with the clipboard. 
the disemboweled doctor from earlier, <laughs> he's got stitches too. He's fine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, thank God that we got that we got to these women in time. They're all fine. No one's dead. Even the astronaut's husband comes in. Remember the woman astronaut, her husband, he's fine. Yeah. He's got like a, he's got a bandage under his eye. And he says, where's my wife? She says, oh, she's destroyed. She's gone. Actually. <laughs> she's the one person that didn't make it. And plus, and the way, and, and then the psychologist, psychiatrist comes in. It's like, these women, they're fine. They're not going to have, they're not even going to remember what happened. They'll be fine. They're, they look down. They're like, I have like 30 inches of stitches over my belly. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're fine. <laughs> I also am hollow on the inside. <laughs> where an obvious fast birth happened. <laughs> It's like my body is supposed to slowly create nutrients to sustain a small life. This thing sucked earth out of me. When I burp, it tastes like outer space. Why? <laughs> anyway. So you're on an island, man, floating at sea. Mm-hmm. You've gathered debris from various films throughout the years, and today you've brought something from Species 2. I mean, I'm taking that big blocky blue shirt, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Taking that shirt. That way, so like if, you know, I imagine I'm stranded. I'm hoping like airplanes can see me. If I'm walking around that thing, there's a good chance I'll be spotted. Mm-hmm. It's gigantic and it's 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 blue. Mm-hmm. It really sticks out. Got a little slime on it. That's fine. It dries. Yeah. I take that. I take that thing. It, that looks like a castaway type of shirt a little bit. It's my island shirt. Yeah, that is an island shirt. It's your island shirt. It's big, but it's probably not big on me. It's probably too small for me, but it's big. What about you? You know, when Luke has Yoda on his back and he's exercising, right? And M- Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> oh, it's from that. Yeah. So I'm like that. I'm like I'm jogging around my island with my little like backpack purse. Sure. Yeah. And uh, my head's not seen. All you see is like it looks like like a. All you see is like my like the tip of my face. Everything else is engulfed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in uh, the hollowed out Henstridge. I've got that, like the, I'm in her bell, you know, I'm like I've got her body wrapped around me and I'm poking out through her belly a little bit, doing exercise on the Island, jogging, doing flips, you know, kicking uh-huh. sand into things, you know, I'm in, I'm, Oh, you're in the hollowed out Henstridge. Oh, okay. <laughs> now you're talking about her human form or her Eve. Form that's at the end her, the like- ambulance body. Got the ambulance body. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that was actually her. So mm-hmm. she'll be inconvenienced. But, uh, yeah. you know, art, I, I'm working that island. I'm, you know, huffing and puffing up and down the hills with her hollowed out body spread around me. <laughs> I'm holding the arms like, like, like uh, a yoke of some sort, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like, uh, you know, like a Twi'leks head knot, head ropes mm. <laughs> and return of the jedi i take that shirt 